This week 12 afternoon games episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 free bet. Sign up today at sportsgamepodcast.com slash bet365. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. I'm just about that action, boss. everybody to the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. I'm your host for this episode, Scott Reichel, and I'm joined by Lante. And together, we're going to go through the Week 12 afternoon games as well as the Sunday night game and the Monday night. So we are going to cover six games on the actual slate. I believe it's six. Let me just confirm that for a second. Yes, it is six. So we're going to cover those six, go through betting picks, maybe some player props as well. But I mentioned it before, Lante's joining me. Lante, how's it going with you? Not bad, man. Looking forward to breaking down. Uh, I guess it's a, it's not a, a, a attractive slate, but it's still football to bet on, so we're here for it. Yeah, uh, well, I know we were supposed to record a couple of days ago, at least Terrell and I, he had some Wi-Fi issues. We were supposed to record yesterday, and then you got a flat tire, selfish, so you were busy. Uh, But you apparently got home, so that counts. But either way, uh, welcome back. And I know that a lot of us are waiting to get into college football, so we're going to try to get out of here as quickly as possible without mailing it in. So we're going to try to find that middle ground, but we have about 30 minutes, give or take, before the start of the Saturday college football games. Either way, uh, you ready to get the show on the road? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Cool. So we're going to start off with the first game. Got to look at a matchup between the Browns and the Broncos. Broncos fresh off of the nice Sunday night win against the Vikings in thrilling fashion. Broncos are favored by about one and a half, and the over-under is at 36. We know that the Browns recently promoted DTR to their starting quarterback spot, and they were able to win that game against the Steelers. Very ugly, but they got the win. All that matters. And now they are in a decent spot to potentially win the division. Probably not, but still, the point is they definitely boosted their uh, playoff hopes drastically with that win over Pittsburgh last week. The Broncos, though, were awful. Then they suddenly became decent, and now they're potentially pushing for a playoff spot. Broncos laying one and a half. Do you agree with the line? First things first. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's fair. Uh, I I guess pick them would probably be what what I would make it. Um, I think both teams are similar in, in what they want to do. Denver, you know, the season-long metrics don't tell the full story. They're a bit skewed. They had that 70-point uh, outing put on them, so it's kind of skewing some of their metrics. But they've been a different team since, what, the bye week or a week before the bye when they played yeah. Kansas City. Um, and most of that has to do with, you know, turnover look. Uh, so that's likely to regress. They won a turnover battle in the last three games, uh, 3-0 versus Minnesota, 4-1 versus Buffalo, 5-1 versus Kansas City. So if my math is right, um, that is 12 to one turnover ratio that that they're winning. Um, so that's likely to regress. Not going to continue here, especially not with Cleveland, who, you know, they are third in, in rushing yards per game. Cleveland uh, knows gonna, what they are. They have, they don't really have a quarterback, but they yeah. try to limit the turnovers because they run the ball most of the time and they try right. to get their quarterbacks in easy spots. Right. So yeah. I think turnover looks definitely a factor to that. 
But do you think Cleveland can do a good enough job on the road of limiting the turnovers to actually win this game? I mean, I, th- I think they can. I mean, I think they're going to run the ball. You can run the ball on this Denver defense. We saw Minnesota who couldn't run the ball at all um, the whole year. Madison came out. He had 18 for 81. Um, James Cook had 12 for 109. Um, and those are the last two meetings. So Cleveland's probably going to be able to run the ball with Hunt and Ford here. Uh, I would I would like to see you know, DTR uses legs a little bit more. I'm not sure if that's by design or what, but he was pretty pedestrian throwing the ball versus Pittsburgh. Um, 55% completion percentage. He was under seven yards per completion. Uh, but I do think both teams are pretty similar. Um, I think it's pretty much a coin flip game. Uh, if I had to make a bet, I would lean with Denver at home. Uh, they've, they've been run heavy as uh, as well. Javante's had 20-plus carries in two of his last three games. They're just, you know, taking, a, taking what the defense gives them, running the ball, staying in third and manageable not letting Russ control the game uh, or throw the ball. So uh, I think it's a tough game, man. If I had to, I would uh, I would play Denver. Um, Cleveland, but something to know about Cleveland, the 7-3 and three for the second time since 1999, both of those were under um, Stefanski. So, yeah, man, Stefanski's doing a hell of a job coaching. Um, it, it's a tough game for me, man. It's a tough game. I, I would lean Denver just being at home. I th- yeah, I think it's going to be a one-possession game late because, A, that's how Cleveland plays with their defensive-minded approach, and, B, feels like every Denver game is relatively close, so I Absolutely. do expect an ugly, low-scoring game. I see, like, a 16-13 type game. The problem is I don't know who's going to win, <laughs> but I do think 16-13 is a pretty realistic score for this game. I think I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I just think that Denver's offense, I know people are saying that Russ is back, He's really not. If you yeah, watched about three quarters or three and a half quarters of that Vikings game, they had about 220 yards entering the final drive. And then they had a bunch of check down passes to Piran. That's another reason why I hate check down, uh, why I hate uh, prevent defenses. I think it's extremely counterproductive because you have a struggling offense against your normal defense, and suddenly you're handing away 43 yards on check downs to running backs. So Denver's offense really didn't do much. They also inherited some short fields, some turnovers. I think Cleveland's going to get after us, and I think that Miles Garrett might have a field day in this game. I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I don't feel great about it, but I do think that Denver is a bit overvalued, and I think that Cleveland's a bit undervalued in this spot. I'm going to go with the Browns. I think that it's a coin flip game. Give me the plus money. I do like the under in the game. It's ugly. I understand it. I really love a teaser in this game. If you want to tease the Browns to like 7.5 and the under to about 42.5, you have my blessing. I think that's definitely a good way to go about this game. But I see a one-possession game late probably a three-point game, and I do think with it being a little bit 50-50, I'll take the plus money if yeah. I had to go about it. But yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. I'm assuming, though, you are also on the under in this game? Yeah, I like the under, too. I mean, both teams are going to be completely run-heavy. The The main thing of why they've been successful, mostly the Broncos, um, as of late, uh, is because they've been running the ball. They've been running the ball, eliminating what Russ can do through the air, and it's kind of odd because, I mean, I think Cortland Sutton and Judy are, are decent receivers. I just, I mean, Cortland Sutton catches a touchdown every week. I think Sutton we can agree on. I think Judy stinks, but I've gone on record with that for a couple yeah, years. Yeah, so. it, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, he has to be better too, but I think it's just, I don't know if he fits what they want I'm not do. as against Judy as Steve Smith is, but I'm not a Judy <laughs> fan. So yeah, I, I was not a fan of him at Alabama. He had some drop issues. He's also had some durability issues in the NFL. But Judy, you can say that he's okay as like a three give or take, or maybe a below average two, but he vanishes all the time. You just can't rely on him consistently. Sun's funny because he doesn't really do much for about 80 yards, and then he's the greatest red zone receiver in the entire league. I don't know how it works, but he's just a great red zone receiver. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
yeah, either way. Uh, anything else you want to talk about for this game? You want to move uh, on? No, nah, this – I would just look at the running back props, man. I think both teams would be able to run. Um, if you could find Kareem Hunt. Actually, I would look at Kareem Hunt um, rushing and receiving yards and look at Ford's rushing yards because Ford is more so – they're, they're kind of splitting the carries, but I think Ford is the more efficient runner uh, in the backfield. And then, of course, with Javante, he's going to get pure volume, like I said, 20-plus carries in two of his last three games. I just don't know how effective he'll be. This is probably the best front that, that Denver's played, if I'm not mistaken, uh, depending on how you feel about – uh, well, Kansas City's front Kansas City's is, is front's okay. pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, but it's not it's not this this uh, Browns no, front though so. with, with Miles Garrett uh, leading the leading the charge. But yeah, I, I think you look at some running back props. I don't think we see um, a ton of of throwing the ball around. I, I want to see some DTR design runs, man. So I'm, I'm looking to play his rushing yards over as well. Yeah, I don't mind Russ interception as well. I think he's going to be running for his life for a decent portion of this game. So I think that that might be a decent look. But anyway, time to move on to the next game. But before we get into any of that, I do want to talk to you about Bet365. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book, trusted by over 88 million players worldwide. That's a lot of players. Uh, Prop sides, totals, live betting, Bet365 has you covered. And if you like boosts, you're going to love Bet365. Plus, they also have some great promos. They have a 30% profit boost on your NFL same game parlay and they also have an early payout offer if your team goes up 17 points so if your team's up 17 in the NFL you win if you would have had that for the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl for example you would have won and you wouldn't have had to sweat out the entire second half but anyway sign up today and choose from two bonus offers and you can choose between a $1,000 no sweat bet or you bet $5 and get $150 in bonus bets it's just that easy just head to sportscampodcast.com slash bet365, sportscampodcast.com slash bet365, or use the sign-up link in our show bio. And if you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the first game on the afternoon slate. Now it's time to move on. Going to look at a matchup between the Rams and the Cardinals, which is a borderline tank bowl but both teams are too dumb to notice. The Rams are minus two and a half, and the over-under is at 45. We saw both teams get their quarterbacks back recently. Stafford came back, and they ended up beating the Seahawks in a game they probably should have lost. The Cardinals lost a heartbreaker there to the Texans, courtesy of a lot of red zone turnovers by both quarterbacks. As you saw Stroud, I think, throw, what was it, three interceptions in the red yeah, zone yeah, three, in that yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, but three. the Cardinals had a shot there at the end, turned it over on downs. But Kyler has looked pretty good since coming back from injury. For this game... Rams are lying two and a half. Do you agree with the line? And B, do you think that both teams are better off losing at this point in the season? <laughs> uh, well, the second question I'll answer first, uh, I think Arizona is definitely, um, they definitely should be losing. I mean, they, th- does wait, do the Rams have their pick anyway? I believe the Cardinals and Rams have their own picks okay. this year. Yeah, Arizona Rams definitely. is rare because they haven't had their own pick in like. Yeah, that's what I was years. thinking. That's what I was yeah. thinking. That's I'm pretty what sure I asked. each yeah, of these so, teams do have their own pick. Yeah, Arizona definitely should be. I mean, but like they've they've been really competitive like since Kyler returned. Like I think you mentioned that too. The Even defense before has been that really in good. theory, they were good in first half. They just yeah. blew every yeah, fourth, every second half. Absolutely, uh, defense has been really good. They kept Houston scoreless all second half. Um, you mentioned that they forced Stroud in those three turnovers. But yeah, I think Arizona should try to be you know on on rebuild mode. The Rams, I mean, it's kind of they're screwed. They got to blow yeah, up the entire team. The, the Rams are kind of like the Bulls to me. Like they have like they have some talent and. 
Well, except that the Rams have a good coach and the Bulls don't. I, I get your point that they have a lot of high salary guys right. that don't really work anymore together, and they right. still have the band together for no reason. Right. And then how? I mean, how much longer is Stafford going to play? I mean, he, his wife is on a podcast saying that he, he can't connect with the guys, um, and he, you know, he's beat up all the time. So I think it's most of the second part. The, the yeah. not match. The not actually reaching the other guys. Uh, most of the players probably won't be on the team moving forward, so I'm not sure yeah, if that's, that's going to matter. But Stafford's had a bunch of injuries in his career. Yeah, and I think. Um, I mean, I think talent-wise, I think the Rams are are really still a really good team. Um, the defense hasn't really dropped off any since um, since D'Amico left. So, uh, not D'Amico. Um, who is their Who is their DC? Um, that, I mean, the Chargers coach Staley. Staley, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been about it's been about the same since he left. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a hard game for me as well. I mean, if you look at the number. Uh, they closed seven and a half. The Rams did versus Arizona in week six. Now they're laying two and a half on the road. So, you know, I mean, how much of an adjustment is that with Kyler? And then, you know, the, the Arizona home field. I'm not sure if you give them, you know, a full uh, compliment. For Towers won what, like one home game in his entire <laughs> his entire career? He's Man. been terrible at home in Arizona. It's been rough for the last couple right. of years there in right. the but desert. He, but, but he has decent games against, uh, against the Rams throughout his career. Uh, so... The Rams actually in that game finished with 382 total yards, but Kyron Williams and uh and Cooper Cup, they almost had 80% of that. So like they if you take away their yards, like they the Rams really did nothing. Uh but I'm I'm gonna lean to the Rams here on the road. Uh, I think Cup is Cup is ruled in. Uh said he's gonna be back. So I think the passing game has a big day on the Arizona um on the Arizona defense. I don't think they have enough. Uh, in the tank running wise to be able to be more balanced. So I think the Rams will just spread them out, throw the ball all over the place. Arizona, while they've been good, I still think that they are the more desperate team to tank. I think they're kind of showcasing Kyler, probably try to move him and then, you know, get a package deal with, uh, well, not a package deal because I, I don't know if he's going to be one and done. But yeah, they're going to get Caleb Williams in, in the draft. So yeah, give me the Rams. Wait, the two and a half. The, the Arizona. I think Arizona. I, I disagree. I think Carolina might not win another game. Yeah, but you don't think they're going to take a quarterback. They don't have their pick. Well, the the Bears on their pick. Yeah. You think the Bears, Bears are going to take a quarterback? Caleb if they, if so? they get first. Yeah. Fields? No, he's done. What's Fields' record? Like 6-30 and 30 as a starter? Yeah. No. It's it's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah he, played, he played well uh, last week. The, all I know is that Fields resemble... Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on the Bears right now, but <laughs> the argument also is that when you get a new regime in there with a potentially new head coach... Usually, you want to get rid of everybody else that resembles the old regime. Yes, sir. And I do yeah. think that if the Bears want to fully turn the page and start fresh again, you're probably going to pair a new coach with a new quarterback. Like Harbaugh? Yeah, potentially. I think Harbaugh is going to stay in Michigan personally, but it depends on how big the sanctions are and stuff that's going to be uh, ruled for them moving forward. Because I know that he's facing the three-game suspension right now. Shout out to the Michigan-Ohio State game starting in about 10 minutes. But the point is... You can make an argument the school might have to vacate a bunch of wins and they might get a postseason ban. Not a death penalty, but still. Maybe Harbaugh just says, screw it. It's a witch hunt. I want to get out of here. You never yeah, know. It's happened yeah, I, think, I think you will. I think you'll so we'll see. It. It's going to be a big check. I'll tell you that yeah. much. But for this game, I think I'm going to lean to Arizona. The Rams defensively are kind of a weird bunch because it's a lot of young, unproven guys, but they've kind of yeah. worked out well together. Yeah. And Aaron Donald is there. I don't really know why. They probably should trade him at this point, unless the argument is Donald, who was rumored to retire a year or two ago, might have just potentially retired if he would be traded anywhere else. I don't know if that went behind the scenes or not, but the Cardinals, I actually watched a lot of that first meeting because I had the Rams in Survivor that week, and I was sweating it out for about three quarters. The Rams didn't look great. And one thing that I didn't mention before, Cup might not play in this game. 
He got injured in the first half against Seattle last week, and I know Puka's been a bit injured recently. Did play in that game against the Seahawks. I believe he had a touchdown catch in that game. But with Cup potentially not playing, they are getting Kyron Williams back, which is going to help out the ground game. But the Rams, with Stafford being banged up, and with the underwhelming receiving options behind Puka now that Cup, I'm assuming, is not going to play. In no, no, I say, they say he, he got rooted in. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I wasn't yeah, aware of that. I thought yeah, yeah, he's in. I thought he was in. not going to play because he was not practicing yeah, he's all week. I wasn't aware he was playing. Yep, yep, he's in. Okay. Uh, apologies. I was not aware of that. Uh, but I do yep. think that even though Cup is apparently going to play, it's really a coin flip game between two teams that aren't really playing for much besides pride. I think Arizona can hang. Now, I know McVay has owned the Cardinals in his career. Mm-hmm. That was mostly Kingsbury. So I don't know if that actually applies for the sake of this matchup. But I'm going to link to Arizona. Things get weird in conference in uh, division play. I think Arizona's alive to win this game. I am going to link to the over in this game, though. I see a lot of points. I see both teams airing it out. It's in a dome. I don't see much defense being played. So give me the over. Give me some type of entertaining 27-24 game. Give me the Cardinals, though. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I would Cardinals are an interesting teaser league as well. Get them up to eight and a half, through the three, through the seven. Yeah, it's a good teaser league. I like the interceptions for both quarterbacks. I think Kyler and Stafford throw at least one apiece. So I think that's going to happen as well. Cup receiving yards now that he's playing. I got to be yeah. tempted by uh, for the Cardinals. I think Hollywood Brown has had a nice com- connection with Kyler. I think he might have a good game as well. So I like the star power mostly for both teams. I think Kyron might be fool's gold. It's his first game back in like a month and change. I think a lot of people is, is, he, is he officially back? Yeah, he's returning off of IR. I think that he's going to have an okay game, but I wonder if he's going to be limited with the actual snap count in his first action yeah. about a month. Right. So I right. do think that he might be fool's gold there. But yeah. I like the over, and I'm going to lean to Cardinals. I think you like the over, and you like the Rams, correct? Yeah, yeah, like over and Rams, yep. Okay, uh, moving forward, you have potentially the game of the week. You have a matchup between the Bills and the Eagles. The Eagles are laying three at home off of a, uh, well, a pretty impressive comeback win against the Chiefs, who was hideous, but it doesn't matter. Counts the same. They ended up getting the job done. And the Bills are off of a blowout win against the Jets, which means basically nothing. But anyway, (laughs) totals 48, and the Eagles are favored in this game. The Eagles have found ways to win games all season long, despite not looking great in a lot of these games. Is that good or bad? Because on one hand, you can make the argument that they found ways to win ugly, which you need to do if you want to win a Super Bowl. On the other hand, if you're never going to have an elite game and you're Mm -hmm. always going to struggle, is this just who you are? There's a couple ways to look at it. Yeah, it's probably a mix of probably a mix of both. I mean, they haven't been they haven't been good. What's the best game you think they played? Like that that they played like played as in win or played as in like from start to finish they had a complete game. Yeah, like start to finish they had a complete game. Like dominated. I gotta I look back because I don't think they have every one. game that they have. It feels like they take a nap for a quarter. I don't think they have one. I, I really don't think they have one. Like like you like with the Bills, they have the Miami game. They completely dominated Miami after Miami was probably at the the highest their power rating was going to be. The they Eagles even in. lost to the Jets, so I can't even throw in the Jets on the schedule there because the Bills dominated that game last week too. If right. you're asking my the most complete game. I think the Miami game was pretty close. I mean, that was pretty dominant for most of the way through. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, my, yeah, Miami. Yeah, they kind of was trying to give the it away. Tampa the Tampa game, half. maybe. It was a while ago, but maybe the Tampa game. One of those yeah, two, maybe. But my, Miami is probably probably the better the better answer with the better team. But yeah, I mean, they've been outgained in three straight games. Uh, I think by almost a hundred yards in each game. If the if the Kansas City Chiefs could hold on to the ball, um, Kelsey or catch the ball. I'm pretty sure they run away with that game. 
Um, well, they should have won. MVS drops a free touchdown pass. To right, them. and then Kelsey, they're going in to go up, uh, what, like 13? And then Kelsey fumbles. fumbles. Yeah. yeah, so plenty. I mean, it's a bad spot for, for Philadelphia, to be honest. That's, that was an emotional, you know, revenge win. I think the secondary is still an issue. Um, we saw how much separation and how wide open those wide receivers were for Kansas City. And I can probably debate that Buffalo's wide receiver group is – a notch better, especially with Diggs being um, uh, the alpha there. Um, I think Allen should be able to, to move the ball through the air here. I'm looking for for Buffalo to have a really, really good game. Um, they have to limit the run and, and make Philadelphia one-dimensional, kind of get them in third and and, six, and seven or eight uh, versus third and, you know, two and three. Uh, keep, them out, keep them out of third and short. Their first and third down offense, Philly, that is. Um, and, and Buffalo, they got to keep the chains moving come consistently. Philadelphia's third down defense is 27th, so they should have the ability to stay on the field and sustain you know longer drives. So I'm looking at Buffalo, man. I think it's a bad spot for Philadelphia. I think Buffalo, I think they win the game outright. I think it's a very tricky game because I, were, I learned nothing about Buffalo last week, and a lot of people are going to say, what are you talking about? The offense looked great. They got a new coordinator because they got rid of Dorsey. Thank God, by the way. I couldn't stand yeah. Dorsey. The offense, but, not, the offense was an issue. I, mean, I didn't true. learn anything because the Jets we saw yesterday against the Dolphins, this is just a fake football team. I mean, if the Jets rolled this team out with either Zach Wilson at the way end or Boyle like we saw yesterday, this team would win like two games. Like two, three games. Jets have quit on the season. Like, I didn't learn anything from the game last week. Now, Buffalo has a lot of talent. The issue is, even in that Jets game, Allen throws a stupid interception, and they can't stop turning it over. Having said that, the Eagles' secondary has been kind of a mess this season, and a lot of the defensive success has been smoke and mirrors, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to link to Buffalo. I agree with you on this game. I think that this line looks extremely short for a Bills team that's been struggling and an Eagles team that has the best record in the league. This line does feel pretty short, which I think is pretty telling. Eagles also off a short week. You mentioned the yeah. emotional edge. It was a Monday night game on the road, so it definitely does seem like a letdown spot. They are undefeated at home. They probably should have lost to either the Commanders or the Cowboys or both in those games. Commanders but they twice, actually. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm saying the the one home game was the one. Oh, oh okay, I got you, got you, got you. Got McLaurin's you. foot landed on the guy's arm, gotcha. and they ruled it out of bounds, and they had a shot potentially to win that game. Gotcha. The Cowboys had the first and goal with like the ten yard line situation there. The Eagles could have easily lost those games. So yeah. I don't think they're a world beater at home. I just think that they've been able to make enough plays to barely hold on. I think the Eagles are going to be one of the more public sides on the card, and I think it's going to be a oh, trap yeah. line. So I'm going to go with the Bills. Plus the three. Yeah. I like the over in this game. I think yeah. both offenses are going to move it. I think Buffalo's defense is okay, not amazing by any means, but I am going to lean to the over in this game. I'm going to lean to Buffalo. Give me big plays. Give me Hurts and Allen slinging it, and I see points. So give me some type of, once again, like 30 to 27 game, 30 yeah. 24 game. That's kind of yeah. what I got. I'm going to lean to Buffalo, though. I think they're pretty live to win this. Yes, sir. Uh, if you look at Fon, I think Diggs has a, has a big game, man. He's been non-existent the past two games. He keeps um, allegedly demanding trades after the trade deadline. So yeah, let me see what is what is he? What do I have for him? Uh, seven catches, sixty-one yards in the last two games combined. Uh, so I think he's primed for a big night. If you can find Diggs, like ladder him up hundred plus, hundred twenty-five plus, I think it's a good play. I think he can possibly lead the the day in, in receiving yards. Yeah, possibly. I think A.J. Brown bounces back after he did nothing on Monday night, so I think he's in line for a good game, too. But either way, point is we're going to lean to Buffalo in what should be a very high-scoring and hopefully 
entertaining game. It's not on prime times. So you might actually get 60 points. But anyway, moving on to the next game, you have the Chiefs taking on the Raiders. The Chiefs are mostly around a 9.5 or 10, depending on where you shop. Uh, the total in this game is 43. Raiders hung around more than I thought they would against Miami. Uh, but they ended up losing the game anyway. The Chiefs lost that heartbreaker to the Eagles. They're on the other side of that game. The big news for this game injury-wise, though, is going to be a potentially, I'd say, back-breaking injury to the Raiders' defense because Max Crosby is doubtful for this game, and that's going to be a big deal. That's the only defensive player worth a damn on this team. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you right now, the Chiefs are laying 10. This team cannot score in the second half. They've not scored in the second half in three straight games. They are dead last in points per game in the second half. They're below Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Keep that in mind. They are dead last. Having said that, the Raiders without Crosby, do they offer anything defensively? Do the Chiefs get up for this game in a dome against a team they kind of own in the division? Is 10 too big? Um, not really. I don't think it's too big. Uh, I think that if you what you how you want to attack it is that the Chiefs are going to come in with a high-powered uh, game plan. They're going to try to throw the ball all over the yard, get those raw receivers um, some confidence. So I think they, I think Patrick Mahomes drops back 40, 45 times a game, I mean 40, 45 times in this game to throw the ball. Um, and I think those receivers are going to bounce back and make some plays. So I would, what I would do is I'll take a unit and split it up into threes. I would go team total over for the Chiefs. I would go first half and then full game. Just split a unit on that. And I think you come out uh, with, with the winner because I do think the Chiefs will be able to move the ball. I mean, the Chiefs have no problem moving the ball. Like, they, they had no issue moving the ball against anybody. And I'm not going to say... It's mostly red zone issues with this right, team. And like right. short yardage. Right. And I mean, that's been the, that's been the, the chokehold on, on Andy Reid's whole career is, is his red zone. You know, he tries to get too cute um, yep. in, in the red zone at times. But I do think the Raiders defense is is going to allow the Chiefs to be able to, to have some sustained drives and also hit some big plays. The Raiders are typically a man, man-to-man defense. So I think Kelsey could have a big day. Look for Rasheed Rice to, to step up and try to take that wide receiver in one role. But I do think Kansas City rolls here, man. It's going to be a home game for them, basically. Uh, Vegas is going to be filled with Kansas City fans. Um, I do think that the Raiders will be able to struggle to move the ball. Kansas City's defense is is elite. They won't be able to move the ball through the air. Interesting to see how they play um, Devontae Adams. Uh, he hasn't been really involved until – I didn't see his numbers for last game, but I'm pretty sure they weren't as as good as the previous game. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kansas City rolls here, man. I can see them winning by, you know, 14 to to 21 here. I I really do think that this is a a kind of a, a get right game for for Kansas City. So if I can get, you know, a 34 17 ish game, 34 10, I think I think somewhere in that realm is is really good. I think I'm going to lean to Kansas City in this spot. It's really the ultimate get-right spot in a dome. I know the Raiders have played better lately defensively. Yeah. For the record, Tua did have 325 passing yards, so he still had uh, the ability to air it out against this right, team. Right. Tyreek had 10 catches for 146. The issue with the Chiefs is they didn't get any wide receivers at the trade deadline. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. But you're looking at the Raiders. They played against DeVito, Zach Wilson, and Tua. With Pierce, a quarterback. Now, they did a good job of bending and not breaking against Miami. But if you're the Chiefs, you have to bounce back. Like, if you're going to be a serious Super Bowl contender, which the Chiefs automatically are because of Mahomes, do I see them winning the Super Bowl? No. None of the receivers can catch a cold. So I think that looking at the spot, the Raiders secondary, I still don't think is very good. It's been improved with Pierce's coach. But the Chiefs are in a great spot to dominate up front. I think O'Connell sucks. 
full disclosure, <laughs> I think he's a bad quarterback. Now, I think Garoppolo's cooked as well. So they really don't have any options. And Hoyer's Hoyer, so I'm not going to mention him either. But the point is, I think the Raiders have gotten by against some pretty bad opponents, and they barely beat the Jets. They probably should have lost that game. I do think that the Chiefs are going to wake up, and I think they're going to put together a good showing. The Chiefs' defense up front should dominate in this game. I'm not sure how many points the Raiders are going to score. If you told me the Raiders score 10 points, I wouldn't be shocked. I think the Chiefs win this game 27-10. I see a pretty comfortable win here. The Chiefs are going to play with their food a little bit, but I think eventually O'Connell will make a dumb pass, short fields, and I think that maybe you see a blown coverage or two. Kelsey gets going after a bad game against the Eagles. Give me the Chiefs in a dome to wake up offensively and win by 10. I am going to the under, though. I think that the Chiefs will go up early, kind of use ball control offense like we have seen them do in the fourth quarter for a couple years, and I'll dare O'Connell to do something. I really don't think he's any good. Do you agree or am I being a bit harsh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's in a position to even be remotely, you know, considered good or bad um, with the coaching staff change. Uh, I mean, he's still a rookie, so uh, I mean, maybe a bit harsh just because he just hasn't. Had, I mean, he hasn't had time to to do anything. But has he been? Has he shown anything? No. So that, that's kind of my point. Have, yeah, have I looked at him and said this guy can actually start? And no, he'll be a backup clipboard holder for most of his career. That's yeah, kind of how no, I look at him. Yeah, nothing but, wrong with that. I think I, I think that he he's just make money that way. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think he's set up right now to to be successful in this offense. I mean, the the coach is notoriously on record saying he wants to run the football, so he's not even given a chance to to actually throw the ball. But yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's our thoughts on that game. Moving on to the Sunday night game, you have the Ravens favored by about three, three and a half, give or take, against the Chargers on the road. Then again, it's a Chargers home game, so it's basically mm-hmm. a home game for Baltimore. Over under is at forty eight. The Chargers beat up on Badgent and Wilson and then went back to being a Brandon Staley-led defense as they ended up losing their last two games, not exactly looking sharp in the process, getting torched by the likes of Jared Goff and the likes of Jordan Love, not exactly ideal. The Ravens, though, have been playing some good football recently, and I do think that we are probably going to be in quick agreement here. I'm not taking the Chargers. I don't trust Staley at all. Baltimore, I don't like the receiving core, even though Odell is injured now, so we are going to see if he plays battling a shoulder issue. They have been one of the better teams in the league, and even though I do think Lamar with this offense is a little bit overrated, a little bit, I do think they're a better team than the Chargers by a decent amount. I like the Ravens here. Are you going to make any case for the Chargers or no? Uh, Yeah, kind of. I think it's a by low spot for them. Uh, now, I mean, I, I'm, so I'm not saying... So you're picking the Chargers plus three, or you're just saying that that's your case? No, I'm. I'm think. I think they can cover and win the game. But so okay. I, I like. I like the Chargers in the spot. I just don't think that the the passing attack. I mean, where you can beat the Chargers is through the air. I mean, they are thirty second in yards per game, thirty second in pass yards per game. Yeah, they I'm used to be the worst run defense. Now they're the worst pass defense. So they kind of right, changed. Right. They're polar opposites now. Right. Yeah. So so they're top. Uh, they're top twelve in, in rush yards allowed. So I think they'll be able to control the the run game of. Uh, of the Ravens. And then you mentioned it. So we got Andrews out, Odell banged up. So you're relying on, you know, Zay Flowers, which who's, who's been great um, th- this season. Yeah. I think that it's they'll be him, able to... maybe a little bit of Aguilar, yeah, yeah. Bateman in theory, but Andrews, of course, is out for the year. I still like likely as a backup tight end. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah likely fun. But I think there's going to be an adjustment period um, here. I mean, you know, you heard Brandon Staley's presser where he was, uh, 
you know, kind of upset about the, the reporter asking him if he's going to call the defense. He probably does need to give up the, the play calling duties, but uh, he won't have to worry he's about that after this year. Yeah, well, he, he won't have to worry about that this, uh, after after this year because he'll, he'll yeah. be fired probably. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the, I think Herbert can move the ball through the air. Um, I, I I do like the a bounce back spot for um, for the Chargers, although they've been bouncing back for like three weeks. Um, so. It's not a compelling case, but I do think it's a ballo spot. Usually, this is the perfect spot for uh, for you to back the Chargers. Getting three, uh, I would like the hook, but I think three is fine. Um, I, I think it's going to be an adjustment period with Lamar and that offense, who's so predicated on they've been passing the ball more. I mean, Lamar's had Lamar's got three hundred and two attempts. Uh, I don't think he had that, you know, going into like week sixteen uh, his past few years. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the Chargers here. Um, if they can limit the turnovers, limit the big plays um, by, by by the Ravens, I think they can win the game outright. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Simply put, I would probably agree with you if, A, the Chargers had any resemblance of a home field. They don't. Okay. And, B, if Staley was any other coach. But this is the type of game that Staley's going to lose, and I think Staley's dead men walking. I don't know how the Chargers can be motivated moving forward because they had a chance to build some momentum after facing off against two really bad quarterbacks and bad teams on primetime. Then you lose immediately to Jared Goff. Close game. I get it. You lost that game. It was a heartbreaker. The, uh, the Lions converted a bunch of fourth downs to set up the game-winning field goal. I get it. You lose to Jordan Love in Green Bay. I know I know that uh, Green Bay has looked better. You dropped about seven passes. Four of them could have been touchdowns. You could have potentially won the game. The Chargers invent ways to lose close games. And I just think that the Ravens defensively will be able to do well against Herbert. Herbert's been good, but I do think that he can make some mistakes at times. And I do think that the Ravens will be able to beat up on a really bad defense. Bose is probably out for the year. That doesn't help matters for the Chargers. But simply put, I'm going to take Harbaugh over Staley. I just think he finds a way to win this game. Might be close. Give me the Ravens by seven. I wonder if the Chargers have quit on, on Staley yet or not. But the point is, I think Staley's dead. I think we agree on it. And I think the Chargers are going to be in a pretty rough spot moving forward because they, I don't want to say blew their playoff chances, but it feels that way at this point in the season. So I'm going to lean to Baltimore. I am going to lean to the under in this game. I do think that the Ravens pass offense will struggle a bit at times because I don't like the receiving core. Ravens defense is still elite, one of the best defenses in the league. And the Chargers are going to struggle a bit too. So I am going to go with the under in this game. But give me the Ravens winning 27-20. That's kind of my thoughts on this primetime game. I'm not taking it over. Give me the under in this one. Uh, I'm assuming you're on the under or you're on the over. No, and I like the under. Um, similar to what you said about the Ravens defense. I mean, I think that if – I mean, the Ravens offense, like the pass offense is going to take – it's going to be an adjustment period, and I think the Chargers can capitalize on that. I'm looking at a – I'm looking at a 24-21 type of game, 20-23-20 type of game. Um, hopefully the uh, the Chargers can come out with a win. Yeah, uh, well, you can find three and a half, so you can still cover if you want to shop yeah, around. There are yeah, some threes available, though. Yeah, uh, moving on to the other game, the bonus game on this episode, because normally we only do the Sunday night game with the afternoon games. However, Moonoff texted me and said, please do the Monday night game, too. So here we are. Got the Monday night game between the Bears and the Vikings. We really got the Bears on primetime again. All right, sure, whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, Vikings are minus three at home. Over-under is at 43. The Bears invented ways to keep my survivor entry alive because they blew that massive lead against the Lions in the final four minutes where the Lions scored 14 points in about the final three minutes and change. Vikings off a heartbreaking loss on Sunday night to the Broncos in a game they probably should have won, but overall they've been a pretty solid football team. Most of the defense over the last month or so. I'm going to ask you about the Bears first, though. 
I think that Fields is done after the year. I think they're going to draft Caleb Williams with the Carolina pick. My question for you is, do you think the Bears should be encouraged or discouraged from last week's game because they dominated most of it and still found a way to lose? Honestly, that's a good question. Um, I don't know how to answer it. They, I think they should be... It depends on the Eberflus of the Eberflus regime. They just can't yeah, win games. They just yeah, so 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 it depends on it depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at it in a positive aspect, you can spin it as we were dominant against one of the better teams in the NFC in our division as well, and we kind of got away from ourselves, uh, pissed down our leg, and we should have won that game. And on the opposite side, if you're looking at it like, hey, we're still in line to get two of the top three picks to build on for for next year. Um, you think Fields is gone? I don't really. The fan base is going to be thrilled that they lost that game to the Lions. I mean, as an overall roster with Eberflus, pretty much a foregone conclusion getting fired at the end of the year. Do you think the Bears can build off of that loss to the Lions to actually beat the Vikings here? Or do you think that they just feel like, oh, we lost again. Here we go again. Now you're going to a hostile place. They're just going to yeah. lose. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough that's a tough question. I, I just think it just depends on what they want to do as an organization because they did look good um, for, you know, about what, like three and three, three quarters, quarters of the game. Like yeah, so quarters, yeah. Um, now is that sustainable? I don't know, but I think that they can't – if they want to – if they think that Justin Fields is the answer or can be the answer in the new regime, which I don't know if he is or not, then – you got to kind of spin that and be like, okay, well, we play good. Uh, we can go in. We can be competitive here. I mean, the the point spread says it's going to be competitive, so it's not like money's coming getting... on Chicago for the record, right? And, and I like I like Chicago here. I, I think they I think they'll be able to stop the run. They're second in rushing yards allowed, haven't allowed over. Uh, they're not allowing under eighty yards per game, and we know that Dobbs is is going to want to run the ball. I don't think he you know has enough. Um, arm talent to be able to beat you through the air and that's where you need to beat the chicago bears They're against 26. the bears defense you don't think so I th- the bears 26th in in pass uh defense i don't think that i'm just I don't saying think i don't think Dobbs, Dobbs is that bad no i don't think he's i don't think he's i don't think he's that bad but i think he is more predicated on running the ball and short stuff to hawkinson um even adds now he made some big throws against denver I, I will give him that he made some good throws against denver I do think the Bears will be able to make them one-dimensional. And do you trust Dobbs to drop back 30, 35 times a game to beat you? Uh, I, I, I don't. Um, if the if the run game can get going for Chicago, control the clock, similar to what they did against um, the Lions, I think they're pretty live here to win the game. So I do want to point out, by the way, Jefferson initially was supposed to come back for this game. Now we don't know. He's questionable. There's a big maybe on if Justin Jefferson will be back in the lineup. The receiving core has been pretty good without him anyway, but of course, you're not going to, you'd rather, of course, have Jefferson. Yeah, absolutely. There. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely. a no brainer. But for this game, it's a little bit weird for me. First of all, because this might be the survivor game that I have to pick the Vikings in, which I'm not exactly thrilled with, but I'm going to have to potentially make some tough decisions. It's either them or the Steelers against the Bengals or the Titans against the Panthers. Oh, that's easy. Not many Go great options for me. Go with the Titans. Ah. They're at home, gotta, though. They're really yeah, bad on the go. road. They're decent at home. But damn, man, the Titans look bad. And Henry's injured, so it's not exactly ideal. Titans Spears season. Uh, I guess, but I think Carolina's a, a disgrace. But anyway, it's tough. I'm going to lean to Minnesota in the spot. I guess my question for you is, even though Chicago looked better for about three and a half quarters with the offense last week, we saw the Lions get killed by Jordan Love on Thanksgiving. Is that an overrated performance or no? Because the Lions might be frauds. In fact, they probably are frauds. Uh, I mean, they can't stop anybody. Yeah, yeah, they they can't. Uh, I don't know if they're are they are they frauds. I don't know if they're frauds, but I think they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. 
Uh, depending on matchup, I, th- I think they'll be fine. If they get it, if they get the right matchup, they, if they get the right matchup, I know that's like kind of you know. No, um, no, that's fair. That's, that's, a, that's a case by case. It's, it's a case by case narrative with every team you could say. But if I they think get the, the right Lions matchup, could lose to Minnesota. They play twice later this year. I think they could lose to a couple of NFC wild card teams. I'm just not overly impressed with that defensive unit. But anyway, point is, the Bears look better, but yeah, Fields just, has the bad finger. He still can't really throw. Vikings are going to really throw anyway. No, that's my point. He can't really throw, and the Vikings are good against the run, so I don't really know. And you got Hunter back there. The Bears can't really pass protect. I got a lot of questions about Chicago. I'm going to lean to Minnesota. It's going to be ugly. Very good home field, though. We saw them beat the 49ers on Monday Night Football. They've had some good performances. I think Dobbs shows up and plays pretty well, but it's mostly I think the Bears got pretty fortunate with Mm -hmm. the turnover battle because I think they won that, what was it, 4-1? last yeah. week and they still lost the game yeah. i think minnesota i know dobbs has some turnover issues too and madison can't hold on to a ball but still i think they'll do a better job i'm gonna lean to minnesota i see an ugly game give me minnesota by seven i see 23 16 uh 23 16 that would be 39 yeah yeah, yeah i'm with you because I, I like you yeah i like the under as well yeah that's one but you're gonna go with the bears yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the bears plus the three okay uh, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for all of the games on this episode. But before we get into the actual lock and dog picks, do you want to talk to you about prize picks? Because with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials tab. A league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, have you ever wanted to join together LeBron and Kelsey 10 and a half threes made and receptions if you wanted to now you can and on top of that they also have a nice reboot policy so your entry stays in place even if one of your players gets injured happens all the damn time for football or basketball games if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half the player is rebooted so your entry is still live prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy shout out to them for that but if you want to once again get in a great deal and get in on the action go to prizepicks.com slash sgpn and use code sgpn for a first deposit match up to hundred dollars that's prizepicks.com uh, slash sgpn code sgpn prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy we're also brought to you by hall of fame bets uh, win bigger betting smarter this nfl season with hall of fame bets the sports paying analytics platform for parlays player props and game lines research every nfl nba mlb and a soccer bet with historical stats and data enter any parlay idea into hall of fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value stop betting in the dark and join over thirty thousand users researching with hall of fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays down the hall of fame bets average or visit hofbets.com and use code sgpn to get 50 percent off your first month today start researching start winning with hall of fame bets welcome back everyone to the nfl gambling podcast time to get into our favorite plays for the afternoon slate as well as the primetime games lante i'm gonna let you go first what is your lock and dog picks for the show um, so the the lock I'm going with the I'm going with the Bills find find a three and a half um it's, it's some it's some out there uh find a three and a half I think they I think they are allowed to win the game outright um so give me the Bills 
plus the three and a half. I think it's a bad spot. I think the secondary for Philadelphia is vulnerable. Um, Diggs is going to have a monster day. Don't trust the Philadelphia offense as constructed right now. Um, I, I think they'll be able to – the Bills' defense hasn't been great either, but I think they'll be able to control some of the things that the that Philadelphia wants to do. So give me so give me the Bills plus three and a half for my lock. Um, for the dog, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Chicago, man. I'm going to go with Chicago, winning the game outright on the road. Uh, we talked about it. I think that if they're incentive, I don't know how incentivized they are to win. I mean, they do still have the Carolina pick, which is pretty much going to be a top three pick. Well, Eber Flues, you could argue, is fighting for a job, not really. Right. right. And so, so is Justin Fields, but it's mostly yeah. audition tape at this point. Yeah, so I think they'll, I think they'll come out um, fired up, ready to bounce back from that game. Um, I do think Minnesota is – I think they have been underrated, even by myself, um, going forward with Dobbs. How much? How much more can can Dobbs do this? Uh, you know, how much longer can he do this? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think the I think the Bears rush defense will keep him behind the chains. So give me Chicago. Give me Chicago um, on the money line. All right. And for my picks, my lock is going to be. I thought about Kansas City, but ten is massive to me. All right. I think I'm just going to take Baltimore minus the three. I just don't trust Staley at all in big games, and I think that this game has heartbreak written all over it. I think Harbaugh makes enough smart decisions late in the game. Staley's going to go for it in his own 30-yard line at some point. It's going to fail miserably. We've seen it before. But I do think that that you're going to see Herbert throw an interception or two. I think Lamar's mobility is going to be a serious problem for the Chargers because with Bosa being out, the pass rush is already somewhat limited, and now you have Lamar running around like a lunatic. I think it's going to be a hard matchup for Staley's defense, especially to deal with him. So I'm going to go with the Ravens minus three as my lock. And what's basically a makeshift home game because nobody actually shows up to Chargers <laughs> games besides fake fans. Shout out right. to that random woman who I don't really know the name of. <laughs> anyway, my dog for the episode, I think I'm going to go with Arizona on the money line against the Rams. I know the argument is Cups healthy and the Rams looked better last week. Did they? Like, I didn't think they looked that good against Seattle, and they found a way to win the game anyway. I think Seattle's falling off a cliff. That's a separate story. I've been low on Seattle for a couple weeks. The Cardinals, though, they hung tough with the Texans. They've hung tough the last couple weeks. Kyler looks good, and I do think that you're looking at a Cardinals team that has been feisty all year long. This defense is not that bad. Stafford's been banged up. He wasn't very good last week against Seattle. I think you're looking at a spot for the Cardinals to sabotage their tank even further by winning a meaningless home game, give me the Cardinals on the money line. And looking at the actual price, you can find that at around plus 115. So that'll be my dog. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Wante, thanks for stopping by. Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, I'm on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at XXLanteXX. Um, yeah, man. Uh, good luck to everybody out there. Bet responsibly. Uh, and hopefully we can win some, we can uh, catch some winners here. Yep, and as for me, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on the NBA show, the tennis show. Should be doing an episode at some point in the next couple of days. One of the final episodes of the week, of the uh, year, I mean. If you didn't notice, it's close to December, and tennis is almost over. So there you go. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.